0: Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Hallelujah. He's going to fix it today. Amen. Remain standing around the building. Mark chapter 4, so good to have everybody here today, excited for Elijah Butterworth and his family, he's going to be baptized today, so glad his family is here, so thankful. All of our guests, we're so glad that you're here, we're so thankful that you're here today, amen. The book of Mark chapter 4, verse 2. It says, and he taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine or teachings, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. It came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. The fowls of the air came and devoured it. Devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched because it had no root, it withered away. Some fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no fruit. Everybody say thorns. Another fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30, some 60, and some 100. If you look over... In verse 14, it says the sower soweth the, soweth the word. So he's going to bring clarity to the parable. He's going to show you exactly what it's saying. Instead of teaching, just telling a story. He, now he's going to apply it to real life. Verse 14, the sower soweth the word. These are they by the wayside, which the word is sown. Talking about the word of the Lord. But when they had heard, Satan cometh immediately and take away the word that was sown in their hearts. These are they likewise which are sown on stony ground who when they have heard the word immediately received it with gladness and have no root in themselves. So endure but for a time, afterward when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake immediately they, they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns such as hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. These are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, and receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirty fold, some sixty, some a hundred. I want to be fruitful. I want to stay in the church. I like today just talk about simply thorns. Thorns. Would you lift your hands? Ask God to help you. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord Jesus. I know you're about to speak to us where I felt a word from you last night. I pray that you would speak to our spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. How many want to make it? sincere question how many really want to make it to heaven I, I don't want to be in this just for a little while I want to be it for the rest of my life David said one thing I desire to the Lord and that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord to inquire in His temple God bless you. you may be seated again so thankful for all of those that are here thorns in, I don't know, I, I, didn't, I didn't grow up in Ohio, I grew up in West Virginia, and uh, I don't know why you're laughing. <laughs> People think West Virginia immediately think of jokes on the way, I don't know why, it's not fair, but uh, uh, I grew up playing on the hillsides and, and uh, creek banks. There wasn't much fields where I grew up to run through, like here, and um, building tree houses and and just whatever boys do, uh, fishing banks. I can't tell you how many times, ouch! How many's ever got caught in a in a multi-floor rose bush or something, I a mean, briar bush? I'm I'm in the right place. Uh, I have I have been so caught in a in a briar thicket that no matter which way i turned it hurt you ever been there and you you try to pick it this way then you get caught this way you don't have you don't have that many arms and uh, you get home and there's been moments you get frustrated and i just fell one time fell out of it and uh, there's been moments i just took off tear across my face I've looked like I was in a in a battle at times because of thorns when you are looking at this and i i don 't know about you like the other day I, I I picked up a bag of trash, and what i didn 't know there was a small piece of glass that went in my hand and uh and also and and I have to say the older I get is the tougher i 'm getting. There are moments and and you young people don't know what i 'm talking about right now but but all the older people in the building can relate with me. There's times you look down, you're bleeding, you don't even know where it came from. Now, when I was eight, I would have known it and cried about it. Um, y'all know what I'm talking about. The older the older you get, the the tougher your skin gets, and stuff doesn't hurt as bad as it as it used to. But I have. The other day, I, I can't tell you how sore. I'm talking about how tough I am. Now I'm going to tell you how weak I am. The other day, my my pinky hurt so bad. I mean, well, y'all laughing at me. It's pastor appreciation, mother. Be careful. I appreciate those videos, by the way. But man, I bumped that. It hurt so bad. And finally, and finally through the body process, inflammation, it you could barely see it. I mean, I had to put it on a white cloth. It, it was the smallest dot that brought more pain than you can imagine uh, because that's what that's what thorns will do. Small, but painful. Small, but distracting. And uh, thorns can be, I, I've told it many times, but a person that had a thorn, in their thumb was bumped into by somebody and they said, ouch! Man, watch what you're doing, you hurt me. And uh, on a normal day, on a normal day, somebody would have bumped in them and would have been no issue. But because they had something on the inside that they hadn't gotten out, it caused them to be offended at people that were acting normal. And uh, life is that way. Offenses are that way; that can get into us, in into our flesh. Sometimes even get into our spirit, that we become annoyed with everything around us. And uh, Jesus, Jesus teaches us that that even even receiving the word of God, that there's some that falls on thorny ground. I, I do have a word for this church from the Lord. Every single one of you in this building are living in thorny ground. We are living in abundance and uh, I have pastored long enough to see people receive the exact same experience that I have, the power of his word. How many know Paul made a statement and he said it like this, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believeth it, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, he said, "I'm ready to preach it to you because when it was preached to me, it changed my life." Can I tell you today, the pulpit should be reserved. Everything in the church should point so for the preaching of the word of God, because the word of God, there is power in the word of God. How I many know oh, there's power in the gospel of Jesus Christ? Amen. Amen. The Bible says, "Man should not live by bread alone, but by." Every word which proceedeth out of the mouth of God. May I remind you on a Sunday morning that heaven and earth shall pass away? But he said, My words shall never pass away. I've hid thy word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And in a day of all kinds of teaching, of all kinds of doctrines, and all kinds of lifestyles and all kinds of ways. Can I remind you? Fall in love with the word of God. Amen. Buy it and never sell it. Get a hold of it. Hold on to it. It's your life, is his word. His word. Thank God for this truth. In his word. It's the foundation of every moral value. It's the foundation of every righteous thing. It's the foundation of every love. Every relationship is the word of God. Somebody shout his word. Amen, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be perfect. Without his word you will not perfect. Without his word you will not be saved. The Bible tells us in the New Testament that if the gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. May I also remind you, oh God, he said it this way, if the righteous scarcely be saved, how, where shall the sinner and the ungodly appear? If the righteous just barely make it, I'm reminded in 2 Thessalonians chapter one verse seven, it says to you who are troubled, rest with us rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And while yes, I'm thankful for your careers, I'm thankful for your bonuses, I'm thankful for your your promotions, I'm thankful for your life, I'm thankful for the abundance in your life and the blessing of living in the United States of America and the gifts that God has given us. But may I remind you that the coming of the Lord is near Jesus is coming for a church that has made herself ready. It ought to wake us up when you turn and look at what happens to Israel. And yes, I stand with Israel. Yes, I stand with Israel. God's covenant with the children of Israel. It's one of of America's reasons to exist is to protect Israel in the end time. It's one of the reasons of our existence to also, also propagate the gospel and keep Armageddon off until it's time. It's the purpose of America's existence, those three reasons. But I will say to you, when you see the fig tree that Jesus spoke about in Matthew 24, when you see the fig tree and that the leaves are blossoming, the attention you're looking at the tree, speaking of Israel, know that summer is near and so the angel's going to sound the trumpet. Can I say to every young person, you need to keep pursuing your schooling, you need to keep doing your study, you need to prepare to get married, you need to have children if you're married, you need to stay, stay on time for the job, keep doing what you're doing, but can I say, you need to have it with your hand, looking through the eastern sky, knowing any day he's coming for a church that has made herself ready. Woo! I come to preach to you on this Sunday morning, nothing else matters if you're lost, nothing else matters if you miss the rapture, nothing else matters. Everything we're working for on this earth is the only have if he doesn't come. So when I retire, I have a little bit of bread. Vacation to give me a little bit of sound mind to get away from the normalcy of life. I'm for all of that. But at the same time, you've got to be looking while you're holding on to the things here. You've got to be looking waiting on him to come from there. He is coming soon. Can I say to you, he's coming soon. And ready or not, He's coming. When you came to the Lord, there's nothing more than you wanted to be at the house of God. You can have enough church, go to enough service, pray enough, read your Bible enough. When you first came to the Lord, if the doors were open, you were here. Every time you got a chance, lunch hour, after work, sitting at the house, you turned the TV off, you turned the sports off. When you came to the Lord, you turned everything off and you got the word of God because it changed your life. Can I say to you, do you still want to be at the house of God or is it just minimal? Do you still want to read his word or is it just obligation and a job and a duty or are you still looking any day now? Any day now? <laughs> Can I say he'll be better to you than 10 friends. He'll be better to you than any career. Amen. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. <laughs> Woo. Woo. I don't want to lose the zeal of the Lord's house. I don't want to lose the zeal of the things that really matter. Adam, here's the curse because you took of the tree. And in Genesis three, he says it this way, and unto Adam in verse 17. Unto Adam he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife. Because you listen to her and not me because you prioritize your spouse over me. You prioritize your children's desires over me. God forbid you let football take you out of church on Sunday. I don't know if I've ever seen a family return that said, Pastor, I will see you at the end of the season because I'm training those children to do something substituting God. Pastor, that's awful stern. Eternity matters. Sundays are about eternal view. It's about knowing my heart is right. I don't want the cares of this life to choke out the children's desire to live for the Lord. I would rather have my kids at home than to miss the house of God and miss eternity. Hold on, I'm not preaching for a response. I come to tell you, Adam, because you hearkened to the family and you didn't hearken to me. You listened to what she wanted instead of what I wanted. There's a curse to begin to follow. Can I tell you that thorns are unnecessary. Thorns shouldn't have to be if you take care of it from the ground up. You can ask my father-in-law how fast the thorns grow in the garden. Because when we were away and he's out there trying Buddy and I planted the garden years ago. Oh, we had tomatoes. I went out of town for a week. When I came back, he hadn't touched it and it looked like he hadn't touched it. There were weeds taller than the tomato plants, taller than the pepper plants and you know why? Because Adam, if you are going to be fruitful, you're gonna have to deal with thorns and thistles. He said it this way and unto Adam he said, because thou hast hearkened to the voice of thy wife, hast eaten of the tree. Of, of, of which I commanded thee, Adam. I commanded you. I didn't even talk to your wife about it. I haven't talked to the children about it. I have given you a word to stay away. It's a Sabbath day, you gotta keep it holy. Can I say some of you gotta fall in love with the Lord all over again and say he's more important than a career move. He's more important than anything else. He's more important. Can I preach to you right now? He's got to be be more important. He will not play second fiddle to anybody. He will not be second to anything in your life. He's either first of all or he's not at all. Pastor, you sound mean. You know I'm not. I'm stirred to my core on this morning and the Lord spoke to me yesterday at my, yesterday In my barn, he said, preach about the thorns in their life. I thought I was going to talk about the thorn, the thorn that Paul was dealing with, and maybe I'll mention it, but it's not. The Lord said to me, it's the lust of the flesh is what the thorn is, is the issue in the church. We seek pleasure more than we do righteousness. How does it make me feel? It doesn't make me feel good. Can I tell you, sometimes the word does not feel good. In the holy place, when you would take a bite of the shoe bread, it was it was, a, it was the bite of the shoe bread was represented. It was a 12 loaves in the tabernacle. They would have it on the table of shoe bread. When you would, there were there were six loaves, six loaves, they were stacked here and they represented the word of the Lord. Everybody said the word of God. When you would eat it, when you would take a bite out, it, it was sprinkled with frankincense. When you sprinkled with frankincense, the first bite of the word of God tasted bitter. So he preaching this sometimes. And today, while I'm preaching, some of you said, that's uncomfortable, it didn't taste well. I I, I, I passed along enough, I know exactly what it's like. Because there's been many times I said, because we want to go somewhere that makes us feel good about things that are choking us to death. Where's your zeal for the Lord's house? Where's your zeal for a relationship with God? Where's your zeal for the word of God? we you're zeal to fulfill the purpose that God get called for you. And, and, and if it, and it causes any level of sacrifice, I gotta give up something I want then I need to switch churches. Because pastors make me feel uncomfortable with things that are choking me. And what I'm preaching to you today, every now and then, you need the Lord to walk in your life and say, Adam, because, because you hearken to your family's voice instead of mine. I'm preaching to some men right now You're more comfortable obeying your wife than you are God. You're more comfortable pleasing your children than you are the Lord. And because of that, they will be lost if you're not careful. You have gotta obey the Lord, and he said, because of it, this is what you're gonna deal with. He said, thou shalt not, he said, I command thee Thou shalt, thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. He said, thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field, In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground, for out of it was thou taken, and for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And you begin to look at this in Jesus' parable and said the sower went out to sow. He was sowing good seed. The problem was not the seed. The seed was perfect. The seed would produce. You put the seed in the right place, it's gonna grow. Matter of fact, put the seed anywhere. If it's received, it's gonna grow. And they threw it and he just went sowing. He just went sowing. He was weeping with tears and he was sowing. The Bible tells us, I believe in Proverbs, going sowing with tears and reaping joy. He was just sowing the seed and throwing it out. It's like that way on Sunday morning. I come here and I preach. You know what I'm doing? I'm sowing the word of God. You didn't come to hear my philosophy. You didn't come here for any other reason but to hear his word. And I'm sowing the seed of God's word. The teachers are teaching the word of God. The youth teachers are teaching the word of God. On oh, Wednesday night we're teaching the word of God. We're in our Bible says we're teaching the word of God. What are we doing? We're sowing seed. It's the word of the Lord. And when it settles onto the heart, when it settles into a person's life, I've seen people that it's, it fell on them and, and the Bible says when it fell by the wayside, it, it, they weren't really ready for it before it could take root. The Bible says that a, a crow came and got it. How many's ever had a word of the Lord fall in your life and how many's ever had God speak to you in the middle of the night and you woke up and said, I'm gonna write it down in the morning? Anybody ever had that happen? I know a lot of preachers have. And you woke up the next morning and couldn't remember it. You know why? Because you didn't let it take root. The crow's game and got it. God speaks to you in the middle of the night, between three and four. God wakes up a lot of people between three and four because your, your body's at rest. He doesn't speak to a weary mind or a busy mind. Somebody shout amen. I'm gonna help you right now. I feel the boldness of the Holy Ghost upon me. And the word of God comes and sweet word from the Lord settles and you, you grab it and say, I'm gonna set it here, I'll, I'll get up in the morning. You get up in the morning and it's gone cause crows came and got it. I've seen a lot of people like that come to church for some reason or another. They hear the same word, that the drug addict free and the alcoholic free and the sinner free and transformed and they hear the same word it falls on their life but they, they're gonna think about it. They know it's the word of God. He has the power to transform every single thing in their life. But they, it falls on them, falls to the ground. Guess what? Something comes and gets it. The Bible, Jesus taught that these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. Trust me, beside every hearer of the word, there's an enemy trying to steal what God's trying to do for your life. Do you know he's the enemy of the soul? When the devil showed up in Scripture, guess what? He tried to challenge the Word of God. Hath the Lord said? I come to tell you right now, we have to be here to hear the Word of the Lord. Right. Do you know the responsibility that sets upon my shoulders as your pastor that I have to give account for what I preach to you or not preach to you? Wouldn't it be terrible? I get to the get to the get to the rapture. The Lord said you were more worried about pleasing the people than obeying my Word. Oh no, not going to happen. I realize sometimes the word of God is offensive. The same correcting your children can be offensive. But guess what? If it causes change and betterment, his word is life, then I'm going to preach the word of the Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Growing up in church, you'd hear songs like this. Above all else, I must be saved. For above all else, I must be saved. Whatever you have to do to me, don't let me be lost. For eternity above all else, I must be saved well, pastor, I want to, but there's a few things I want to do before I come back to the Lord because I know I wouldn't be able to do it. One young person looked at my dad and she said, I know this is truth, but there's some things I want to do in the world in sin. It's been 50, 40 to 50 years and they're still not here. I'll be back. I just want to sow some wild oats and have a little fun. Better think before you click on that computer better think before you walk out that door. better think before you reject that word, the enemy's gonna come and get what belonged to you. I don't want the devil to take anything that God has intended for me. I wanna be ready, I'm not. Come on, you know how people by the wayside will say, I'm not ready yet. The word of God came and the person that's not ready and the person that's good ground open are gonna be judged by the same judgment. It's gonna be rejected or received. I don't wanna reject. Pastor Bounds, I believe what you're preaching. I know Jesus died to save me from my sin, but I'm just not ready yet. Can I tell you, you've got to get ready. you got to change your mind and say, I want to do what the Lord wants me to do. I don't want to remain a sinner. I don't want to be what been. I hear today the Lord from Revelation chapter 3. While I've been preaching today, some of you are a little caught off guard for a few things I've said, but at the end of the the day, you you feel. At the end of the day, you're going to be thankful. You know who's knocking because the gospel always brings him. You can't separate him from his word. The Word was with God, the Word was God. And when the Word is preached, it comes to your door and starts knocking. And I hear sin. Revelation 3. I'm gonna turn there today. Revelation 3, where he said in verse 14, verse 13, he that hath an ear, everybody say the end time. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, these things saith the amen, <laughs> the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thou works that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth because thou saith, I am rich. And increase with goods. And notice he's talking to the church. And have need of what? I have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. What he was saying is you don't see the way you used to see. You don't love what you used to love. He, he, the Lord, speaks through the door. He says, I counsel thee to buy me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich in white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that, that thou mayest see. He said, as many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. That means that means discipline and, and uh, chastisement. He said, be zealous therefore, and what? So everybody shout, repent. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to repent. Amen. Behold, I stand at the door. And knock. If any man hear my voice, hear my word, and open the door. He'll open the door to me, God said. How many know he's a perfect gentleman? He'll never kick the door into your life. He you'll either let him in or he won't come in. He knocks. It's up to you. It's not an occult. Nobody forces anybody. Somebody gets baptized because they want to. Somebody comes to youth service because they want to. Somebody comes to church because they want to. The door that lets you in, the door that lets you out. That is God's design for his kingdom. It's by your own will. Not, and that's where he said, not my will, but thy will be done in my life. He's standing at your door today. And I feel such a touch. I feel such a, a touch. He is knocking and he is speaking. Buy me gold, trying to fire. You know what he said? You think you've got it all but you don't have anything. I've got what you need. It's gonna be better than it's ever been. And He says, this statement, he said, he said, if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in with him and sup with him and he with me. You know what he's saying? I'm gonna sit down and dine with you. I'm gonna hang out with you. I'm gonna spend some time with you. Can I tell you, this isn't about heaven or hell. This is about knowing the Lord. God didn't design you to live without him. God didn't design you to do your own thing and one of these days just check in. Oh no, he wants to walk with you and talk with you and live in your house and bless your children and bless your family. He's waiting on you to open the door. I'm telling you right now, he comes to where you live. He makes house calls. He doesn't even just want to visit there. He wants to live there. He wants to be in that house with you. He wants to show you his way, that there is a better way. Let I me mean, know he's the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. There's, he's not out to get you. He's out to bless you. He wants to walk with you, talk with you, and be with you. The problem is, It's Laodicea as a church. It's one of the seven churches of Asia, meaning Asia Minor or Europe area. It's one of the seven churches. Laodicea became very, very wealthy because of its soil. Its soil produced black sheep, some of the finest wool anywhere in the region. It became... It became a place of, of, of financial status. It was became a place where the finances, it was the financial area that ruled the region. It was, you want to get money, it was from Laodicea. And what happened, the church became so blessed with finances, they forgot about him. Today, you're going to walk through life. And he warned in the garden. He said, Adam, if you have anything and ever going to be fruitful, you got to keep the thorns out of it you got to get the thorns out of it. you got to get the thorns out of the way. I come to tell you that God has brought blessing to the United States of America. This church has lived in abundance. We've been blessed. Able to pay cash for a property. Doesn't mean we're not thankful for what we have now. But what I'm saying to you is God never intended for the car, the job, the career, the home to get in the way of him. To take place of him. And if you're not careful, your eyes will look to have more, to desire more, to want more. And it becomes a thorn that was in your spirit, a thorn that got in your body. Makes you know you have no spiritual fruit. The spiritual garden of peace and joy and happiness and long suffering and burden and patient. Desire to reach people and preach the gospel and reach the world becomes dissipated now. Everything in the world is more important than anything in the church. Why? It didn't fall on, it didn't fall on the wayside with you. They're gone. They didn't respond. They didn't let it take root. I've had many people that come here. They got an experience. We invite them. We had crusades. I watched 50 some people get the Holy Ghost here in one night. It was so powerful. They said, I've never received anything like this. The first trial, the first little bit of trouble, they're gone. Why? Stony ground. And when the trial of life. They had no roots, they sprouted up fast. They didn't get rooted into them. Did they have the experience that the gospel impact them? Yes. Did they stick around? No. Why? Wow. stony ground. Here's the one I'm preaching to you about right now, as the Lord has spoken to me, and you know God has spoken to me. You can feel it in the room. He said the problem is not in this church right now. The problem among the people is not shallowness. It's not the wayside, the roadside where you planted the seed was planted. He said the problem right now is abundance. It's the lust of the flesh. It's discontentment of where you are. It's thinking about having more instead of having, given, instead of being closer to him. He said the issue, the issue is this. He said, and when the cares, the thorns, everybody say thorns and these are they which are sown among thorns such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful." Can I tell you, what is in your life that's more important than salvation? What has come into your life that's more important than the word of God? More important than your relationship? Is it a retirement plan? Is it a vacation deal? Is it the house that demands so much more time? Is it the career you always desired that got it that now you have no time for the things of God, your purpose or your destiny? I come to tell you, if you're not careful, it's going to choke the word of God out, and you're going to be like you were before you ever came to God. Because it's not what Pastor said, it's what his word said. You've got to keep the garden. you got to guard your heart. Everybody take your heart. Would you hold it out there like that? The Bible says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it come the issues of life. The Proverbs says, you can go to a slothful man's garden. You know what you find? Thorns and thistles. Grows up the wall. Then he said, I considered. I believe it's Proverbs 24, he said, I consider the way of a slothful man will end in the poverty. You might be rich and increased with goods. But be poor in spirit. If I've ever heard from the Lord, I've heard from the Lord today. Because you can have it all, and Jesus look at you and say you have nothing. Why? Because everything in your world materialistic has taken over everything in your world that's eternal. Everybody hold up two fingers. Why don't you just do it like this? Hold both hands. It's always going to be eternal versus temporal. Eternal. And on the tight rope of life, you're trying to balance both. Because I don't care how spiritual you are, your grass is going to grow and your dishes are going to get dirty and your kids are going to act crazy. Life. They're going to have moments. I mean, it's true. Huh? Pastor, what do I do? you got to go back to the root of what was planted and say, what's higher than that? What's bigger than the seed of His Word? You know what you do? That's choking it out. You cut it away. Or it becomes thorns and wraps you up. Folks, I'm not preaching to people that are hurting, hurting physically. I'm preaching to people that are numbed spiritually. To let go of it is to hurt, to not have it is to hurt. It's, a, it's now a thorn that, that to remove it, it's more valued than where you should be. What's your prayer life look like? Or is it just church another event on the calendar? Pastor, what are you telling us? I'm telling us, I'm telling you this. You don't get the thorns out of your life, it's gonna choke out the things of God. And you're gonna wake up one day and what had grown and sprouted is gonna be gone. No fruit to bear of anything you've ever done for God. At the at the Last Supper, at the Last Supper, not the last, he's talking about that end time supper, the parable they spoke about in Matthew 22. He said, go tell them that the dinner is ready. And when he invited all of those that were supposed to be there, they all said, we're too busy. I bought an oxen. That was your tractor. I just got married. I just bought some property. I don't have time. You know what he did? (laughs) Those that was prepared for, he looked at his servants and said, those that were bidden didn't come. So I'm going to go invite everybody else that would like to have what was prepared for them. You know what I don't want in the end time? I don't want God to look down to see my, me not desiring what he has prepared for me and my family, and he give it to somebody else. I want everything that he has for me. How many of you in this room want everything that he has for you? I just want you to know that the modern day American culture is to keep you out of church. There was a blue law. It used to be they didn't allow business open on Sunday. You know why? Because people went to church. Now if you get your kids involved in something, it's going to take them out on Sunday. I blame it on the devil. Thorns, but I blame it on culture. I want my kids to grow up in church saying, this is the most important thing there is. I want to be at the house of God, daily prayer. Are you all hearing me? There's a solemn feeling in here. Everybody in this room pretty much knows that God is speaking. What is the thorn that you're dealing with right now? Tears of this life. You know what what I've learned about thorns? They're fast. They grow quickly. And they're a pain to move. They're almost going to hurt you to get rid of it. It'll be worth it. I said it'll be worth it. And the longer they stay, the bigger they get, the harder they are to move. Am I talking to anybody? Because some things we do for God are painful. For the Brown, some things we do for God are painful. For the bounds, I just want you to make me feel good. I can't make you feel good about something that's going to cause you to be lost. To Remove that from your life can be painful it'll be worth it. You know why? Eternal life. I don't want to be lost. I don't want to be lost. Let's stand our feet. Just a few moments there's a baptism. I preach for 40 minutes today. Lord, help us. Come on, you're here. Some of you prayed, God, what's my issue? I need correction before you got in the building. The Lord is speaking to you right now. I went all over the building. People begin to pray and say, God, I want to be right. Come on, all over the building. Come on, church. Oh, I want to be hungry for the things of God again. The Lord is speaking right now in this room. The Lord is speaking to you. I want you to step out of your seat and walk down to this altar. We're not here for anybody else but Him, but if He's speaking to you, I want you to come. Come on. I know what I feel. I know what the Lord has said. Come on, that's it, who cares what anybody else thinks? I preach to everybody in this room. Today I want to be right with the Lord. Today I want to get things prioritized again. That's it, leaders, saints, first time guests, it doesn't matter. I'm going back down to the altar because I've let some things get, up, get taller than the Lord in my life. I'm taller than the obedience of his word. I've become comfortable in American culture and I've got to get back to His Word. Come on, The Lord is speaking. He's knocking on your door. Are you going to open up? Are you going to let, let it fall by the wayside? The Lord's revisiting you because He's not done with your life. There's something He's wanting you to do beyond where you are. He's speaking. If it's in the way of God. I'm removing it. In the name of Jesus. (laughs) Come on. All we like sheep have gone astray. Oh, God. Come on. Gotta remove the thorns from your life the cares what do you care about in 2023 where's your focus at everybody in the building soul search don't worry about your neighbor just you I don't want the cares of this life to choke out what you called me to do. Come on, the Lord is moving. He's knocking on your door right now. Oh Lord, I don't want the great job to get in the way. I don't want the finances to get in the way. I don't want the stuff to get in the way that really matters. I want my family to be saved. That's all that matters. Whatever it takes. Come in, Jesus. Come in, Jesus. all repent. Come on church. Lord forgive us for letting things get in the way. Forgive me God. for what really matters. Today, I repent again. I turn my heart over to you, God. I'm going to get the tremors out and get rid of some things in my garden that are keeping me from being fruitful, keeping me from being passionate about the call of God. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. <laughs> I don't want an American dream to get away from a God call. I don't want to miss it. Come on sweet people of God. Every now and then we didn't hear something like this. I don't want to be like the I don't want to be like the other two, ground, stony and shallow, hard, unreceived, end up in the same condition. I want it to be good ground. Come on, Adam, you can be fruitful, but you got to get rid of thorns. I get rid of thistles. It's going to take labor and intentionality. I want my family to be in the will of God. I want to be saved. Come on, there's a deep call of God in this room. Hallelujah. I wonder what would happen if we'd all get on our knees all over the building. Everybody in the building that's physically able, would you get on your knees and talk to the Lord? That's a In Scripture, that was a way of humbling yourself. It's one of the ways of worship was to get on your knees and say, God, change me. I know that you're the king, it's not my life, it's yours. Would you do that physically? Humble yourself before God and say, Lord, today I want to be right. I do not want to miss it. I don't want the cares of this life to choke out what I valued And I still value. I don't want to be lost. I don't want your word. To... I want your voice to be choked out of my life. Come on, the Lord is speaking and moving and healing You're about to hear His voice so clear Just open the door